Well, Yumi, thanks so much for joining us today. We're really looking forward to playing Dvorak with you in, a, in next week. My gosh. Me too. I, <laughs> I am so excited. Um, it is truly one of my absolute favorite violin concertos um, in the repertoire and um, really just deserves to be heard live and not always uh, very often programmed. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk about the concerto later for sure. Cause um, like I said, before we started recording, um, yeah, a lot of our, a lot of our audience is probably familiar with Dvorak. We're doing the ninth symphony, which is not just one of his most famous pieces, but one of the most famous pieces. Um, but yeah, a lot of folks don't know the, the violin concerto, but, but we wanted to meet you a little bit first. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and, um, how you started playing the violin. I know those are two <laughs> different things, but let's 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 hear your story. The long version begins with my mother um, wanting her little girl to play the violin, but uh, circumstances in Korea were not um, really possible at the time. Um, so we find ourselves emigrated to Philadelphia when I was age nine and I spent some time at the English for second language school. And then um, as luck would have it, there's a music magnet school that is my neighborhood school in South Philadelphia. And I got in, my brother also got in. And then um, school is about to start in the fall and it actually hadn't even quite started, but somehow my mother found out that there was a Korean violin teacher there and they conspired. And next thing I knew I had a violin like land on my lap. Like I, I didn't ask for it. I didn't, <laughs> I, we never talked about it. She never asked me. My mother never asked me. I just remember that first day getting this violin and spending I don't know how long, could have been two hours, just tinkering with it. So thus began my violin adventure in fifth grade in a public school in South Philadelphia. I just performed the Dvorak American String Quartet in wow. Salida on Friday um, with my colleagues from the Colorado Symphony. And... Um, I told them the story that the very first time I ever played this piece, I was 13 years old playing with college kids. And our coach was a member of the none other than the Colorado Quartet, the professional group that did very well um, in the, I guess, like 80s um, and maybe into the 90s. And I believe the, the the coach was a cellist, um, Julie, last name escapes me. But that was my first introduction to anything Colorado. And I wow, wow. made that connection only a few days ago. So let's skip forward. How did you how did you come to Colorado? Oh, how did I come to Colorado? <laughs> well, first of all, having grown up in Seoul, Korea, and South Philadelphia, Philadelphia. I'm a city girl. I'm a total, total city girl. I say I grew up in concrete. Um, and when I first uh, came to Colorado, it was um, for my friend's wedding in the early 90s. And I just thought, 
wow, this is gorgeous. Um, and then um, I came back for a vacation um, a few years later. Um, I was playing in the Cincinnati Symphony in 19, from 1995, and Marin Alsup was a frequent guest conductor. Mm-hmm. We had a very good relationship. And I was sitting principal second at the time. Well, you know, principal second is right in the line of vision of the conductor. Unlike the concert master who's off to the side and like peripheral mm. vision. And um, actually it's, it's not a great seat, the concert master seat. Often you're looking at the behind <laughs> of the conductor yeah. <laughs> and you have this strange angle too, the sort of like the side view, right? But mm. when you're sitting right on the nose of the conductor as principal second, you have a, a connection there that is, that's really visceral. Um, so, you know, she had, she had come several times and I really enjoyed her and we struck up a conversation and um, I asked her how things were in Colorado. And next thing I know, she said, would you like to come and be a guest concert master for a week? Oh, wow. I said, I said wonderful. Um, so I showed up for a week and I'll never forget this because Cleo Parker dancers were doing the complete firebird. Wow. Okay. Um, so, and it's the last concert of the season. So here we are doing this complete Stravinsky firebird. And I think, um, American in Paris was the first half. Um, in any case, I, I actually was quite under the weather, but I came anyhow. This is pre-COVID. You still travel when yeah. you're sick. <laughs> um, and they put me up at the executive tower, the big building, tall building mm-hmm. next to the hall, which is now the Curtis Hotel, right? Oh, yeah. And after the Sunday concert, I'm still in my gown and I'm walking through the pavilion and all these people were out having, um, you know, alfresco dining or having after concert drinks. And they saw me and they all started clapping. And it was such a beautiful moment. Like I thought, wow, Denver is so wonderful. And it was beautiful out of you sitting outside. Um, so that was my week as guests. And the orchestra yeah. was warm and I would, I had a, great time and i was incredibly um impressed with the cleo parker dancers they were amazing um it was an amazing production and she and i've talked about that 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 production since because they've just celebrated what their 45th or some 50th anniversary i'm uh, some big number something big yeah. yeah um so then actually the orchestra asked me if i could possibly stay and be their guest concert master for the next season. Hmm. Um, and it was so late in the season, I didn't think that Cincinnati Symphony would let me go. But as it turned out, they were very uh, supportive and said, um, they, there's something called the unartistic leave, something that you know you can do that will enhance your artistic um, path. And yeah. so it gave me this leave 
and much like a sabbatical, I had to sign a contract that I was coming back. <laughs> yes, because as you can imagine, um, that's a privilege that could be easily abused. Yeah. People say, I'm taking an artistic leave, but they spend all your practicing for auditions and then not coming back to your orchestra, right? So that's that's really what happened. I stayed for the year, and that year was um, full of every concertmaster solo you could possibly imagine. Um, <laughs> I even did Strauss's Bourgeois Gentilhomme. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I played... Uh, the Symphonia Concertante with um, Basil. Um, mm. I, I'm sorry, I think that was actually the next year. But the, the point is, um, they the symphony was in a search, and so they expected to have a new concertmaster and had, you know, top the pro the season with with all these solos. Um, in any case, uh, there was a national audition. They didn't pick anyone. And then from that point, I was invited and asked to stay, uh, which was really, actually, frankly, a very difficult decision for me at the time. Um, but um, the love of the Colorado mountains <laughs> had already seeped in. And um, yeah, it was, I, I think, you know, the future of, Denver looked so bright and um, I, yeah, I'm, so then really the rest, rest is history and you've fast forward yeah. and now here we are. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward to next week when we're doing, we're doing the Dvorak concerto. Can you, um, can you tell us a little bit about this? Could you, could you introduce us to the Dvorak violin concerto? Yes. So the Dvorak violin concerto, as I said, is, um, really at the top of the the repertoire um unfortunately it's not played quite as much and I, i'm still confused as to why it isn't i think one argument could be that it just gets overshadowed by the dvorak cello concerto yeah. which is so monumental and and since he wrote it composed it while he was in america i think there's even a, a closer tie to um, being able to program it um, just like the New World Symphony and the American String Quartet. Um, the concerto poses uh, some real challenges too as, as a piece. Um, it's partially because it's quite difficult, but it doesn't sound as flashy difficult as the Tchaikovsky <laughs> or the Sibelius Concerto. Yeah. Um, I think students don't play it as much or teachers yeah. don't teach it as much. And I, I think that might have something to do with it. But in any case, um, Dvorak wanted Joachim, the famous um, violinist that Brahms wrote his concerto for, um, to premiere this work. But even Joachim, I think, had some issues with it, and and perhaps um, perhaps the fact that Joachim never premiered it is also another factor in mm -hmm. why it's not played as much. But I will say, the first movement opens with this declamatory yampa and 
immediately launches into the violin solo, which turns into a mini cadenza. And um, then the whole thing repeats to another uh, statement, same thing, mm-hmm. uh, n- another mini cadenza. But both of those cadenzas end with these super high notes that are basically like, if you're a gymnast, you need to make sure that you're going to get a 10 on the hurdle or the, yeah. the, the bars. So right away, straight out of the gate, you're asked to be immediately um, very um, demanding technical passage. And after that ensues a very long um, sort of development of the themes and um, very little time for the solo violin to breathe. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like one long run-on sentence. (laughs) And and then the movement ends um, quietly in the same material that you'd heard. And there's this incredible little bridge section that is so beautiful with the winds um, that sort of summons into the second movement an absolutely gorgeous singing um, operatic uh, movement. And and then from there, the famous um, rondo uh, last movement that has the... the Furianta rhythm that is dum dum da da dum dum da da dum and a lot of uh, pyrotechnics to the violin, and mm-hmm. a incredibly beautiful middle section that is developed um, from the same meter. So the yup becomes a duple. There are lots of challenging double stops for the violin, a lot of long passage works. Um, but overall, it's just an, a really interesting uh, piece compositionally as well. And in a way, I, I, there's speculation that Joachim um, perhaps didn't like that it was so almost avant-garde of that time, you know, that mm-hmm. it didn't have a big, introduction for the soloist to stand there and get ready. Um, it didn't follow the normal sonata form until it gets into the heart of it. Um, so you've got this big introduction. You have a, a strange sort of uh, ending to the first movement and a bridge to the really part um, um, of the piece in a way is that second movement. And then a virtuosic um, last movement that's just a fun romping party. Um, but 
a really wonderful play with the rhythm, the two against three. Um, and and right away, too, the, this kind of um, bohemian spirit of mm-hmm. accents and trills and kind of folksy melodies um, really dot the whole piece. And um, it's just a joy. Yeah, yeah. Dvorak really liked... Um, to take inspiration from folk dances and other and folk music in 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 the Czech Republic and then in America when he came to America that was a big a big part of his music. Um, I've never I've never heard the Dvorak Concerto live, so I'm I'm so excited to oh. <laughs> to hear it for live for the first time. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for the introduction. Any anything else you wanted to to share about the piece? Well, I think. As you say, you just hit on something. I mean, you know, this piece has been recorded widely. It's a it's mm-hmm. a very well recorded piece, and um, you can find many, many, many different versions of it. Um, but as you say, hearing it live, right, has a completely different experience, and um, again, so much more visceral and. Uh, I think in the age of technology and and what we've just arrived with COVID and and uh, all the zooming, um, this ex- wanting the desire to experience things firsthand and live is just more important these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so different. I'm always trying to you know convince people like you have to go see it live. Like just yes. physically, this there's more sound. There's vibrations in the air that the recording can't pick up there's an energy in the room it's it's so different to hear music live well, and the vibrations the, it you feel those vibrations yeah I mean, you that physically becomes, feel it yeah, yeah that's an internal experience that um that's why you come to experience live music right it's 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 a physical experience oral experience Hopefully, transcendental emotional experience, emotional yeah, it's experience, everything. <laughs> yeah, all that, um, and and plus, you never know what can happen, right? It's the thrill yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love those videos where you know the the soloist breaks a string and just grabs the concertmaster's violin yeah. and keeps well, going. Well, let's not talk about. That. Let's hope that doesn't. <laughs> let's not talk about that. Knock on wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it'll be everything will go smoothly and and be incredibly exciting. <laughs> Well, I am so excited to play with my friends at the Fort Collins Symphony again. Uh, it's I've been able to play. Let's see, uh, we did the Michael Doherty Concerto many years oh, ago. Wow, we did the yeah. Sibelius Concerto, um, and um, working with Wes is a treat. Uh, we we just again we're old friends and very simpatico and eat. Yeah. You know, it's it's easy and um, he's the one who approach me again i want you to play the Dvorak, you know and i'm so happy to play because it's been a long time for me and um revisiting it's like revisiting an old friend you know and Mm -hmm. such a joy to um go in there and and explore and and see where i've changed um my violin's changed uh world has changed so um i'm really really excited and i hope that uh we'll have a good audience yeah um 
numbers are looking very good. So we're we're really hoping for a sold out Yay! house. Where we've good. we've we've got a lot of people. So if you're listening, go grab your tickets now, because uh, because at the time of this recording, there are only a couple left. So, Ooh, so oh, wonderful! Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're really hoping for a full house by next Great. week. Thank you so much for your time. Again, I'm really excited. We're really excited. Clearly, Fort Collins is excited because because um, we've sold lots of tickets and we've only got a couple left. Um, so thank you so much for your time, and and Yay. we're looking forward to I'm doing so the Divorce Shop Concerto with yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Yumi. Okay. Bye. Bye.